Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Hello! And we are barreling towards a new year, 2021. And for many people or most people around the world, can't happen soon enough. What a, what a year. And uh, you all know what I'm talking about. We're going to make incredible predictions. We have an incredible panel here. We've got Adina Bernkrad of New York Class, an amazing New York activist. Ellen Dan, Animal Alliance Network an incredible Los Angeles activist. We've got Donnie Moss of TheirTurn.net, an incredible animal rights journalist. We've got the amazing Gwenna Hunter of Vegans for Black Lives Matter and Vegans of LA, a powerhouse uh, rattling the West Coast. But we're gonna start with the man I consider the greatest visionary alive today, Dr. Silas Rao. What? Are your predictions for 2021 when it comes to your mission to create a vegan world by 2026? Oh, thank you, Jane. Thank you for that amazing introduction. And uh, I look back at what happened in 2020, you know, to give us an idea of how um, 2021 is going to shape up. And 2020 to me has been a year of clarity that we began to see things when I personally didn't even know that pandemics were so closely related to animal agriculture. I didn't know that. And uh, 2020 just opened my eyes to uh, how our treatment of animals is causing all these pandemics to happen. And even though it it became more and more obvious as you see the in, you know the news and you listen to Dr. Michael Greger and I mean I, once you do start doing research it becomes so so obvious and yet people are still pretending that eating animal foods is necessary and you know they're the presidential order decreeing that uh, slaughterhouses are critical infrastructure and that slaughterhouse workers have to be treated as essential frontline workers. I mean, these are things that are so blatantly immoral. And so this is why we we, uh, wrote the book, we commissioned a book with all these articles talking about why animal agriculture is immoral. So getting back to my question, what's happening in 2021? (laughs) <laughs> so this is just to build up to what is happening in 2021. To me, you know, 2020 was uh, when we finally acknowledged, a lot of people began to acknowledge, like at the end, you know, after the um, Enlightening Our Way Together event, the indigenous communities of the world, they signed a treaty to protect and restore Mother Earth in which they had Article 15, in Article 15, committed the human family to ending and completely eliminating the exploitation of animal relatives. So the first time the indigenous community has come together and said, we are going to commit to eliminate the exploitation of animal relatives. And this was huge because their original text had said, we'll reduce the industrial animal agriculture. So what I'm hearing from you is phase one is, okay, the world has gotten this horrible blowback from its abuse of animals. You can debate where exactly it started. Most likely it started in a wet slaughter market in China, which is where SARS started in another wet slaughter market in China. But even if you are fighting that very, very great likelihood, it's a zoonotic illness. There's no, that's the fact, it jumped from animals to humans. So um, I want to ask you, Donnie, you've been observing all this. You are a journalist who's been reporting on, and we'll go to uh, Adida as well, uh, how your protests against the wet slaughter markets in New York City are completely 100% ignored by mainstream media. Do you see any kind of breakthrough 
where the human race finally starts to acknowledge, wait a second, eating animals is killing us. It's destroying our economy. It's leaving hundreds of thousands of people literally dead. It's, it's destroying lives. Donnie. I think that once we're out of crisis mode with COVID, we're going to see public health officials and infectious disease leaders uh, and other uh, leaders who might not be seeking re-election. Uh, I think that we're going to see them sound the alarm about the activities in which we're engaging that would lead to potential future pandemics, deforestation, animal agriculture, you know, all the things that have led that, that have, have uh, characterized 2019 and 2020, the Amazon fires, the Australia fires, droughts, hurricanes. I think people are starting to connect the dots and I think we're gonna see more leadership moving forward. And I also think we're gonna see more mainstream media coverage about why animals need to go plant-based. Uh, the New York Times, just a couple of days ago, in an article, in an interview with David Attenborough, the, the uh, BBC uh, presenter, a reporter asked him uh, this question, and, and the answer was in the question, are you surprised how little attention has been given to the role our abuse of animals has played in this pandemic? From the wet markets in Wuhan to mink farms in Denmark, we don't seem to learn how our exploitation of living creatures can come back to bite us. I just think there's going to be a lot more noise about this, and it's going to enter the mainstream public discourse in 2021. Meanwhile, as all this is happening, Gwena Hunter, you are involved with uh, Vegans for Black Lives Matter. Obviously, this was a tumultuous year of uh, national reawakening, um, facing uncomfortable truths about race in America. You are working with um, leaders of the Black Lives Matter movement to take the power back with food because the power, for example, just of the African-American community and food choices is a huge political power that if, if it were pooled for um, something like veganism would just be the ultimate game changer, Gwena. Yeah, so that's one of the things I've been trying to convey because uh, all wars aren't necessarily fought on the battlefield. Food is a huge source of how wars are fought and how, um, as we know in this pandemic, you know, how diseases can spread and how communities can still be hurt. And yeah, one of the things that I'm definitely doing right now is and we are making so much, I can't wait until 2021 begins because there's so many new things I can't wait to share with everyone. But yeah, with BLM, we are now making more of a connection about food and the links to oppression and the links to how, um, you know, if you wanna stay in this battle and we wanna keep evolving and we wanna keep changing how this world is progressing, food is a huge source of that, just how it makes you feel for one and how you think and one and how it, you know, how we treat the animals on this planet. So there's a lot of uh, progress being made in that area. Okay, but prediction, prediction, if you could give me a short prediction for 2021. For example, I'll give you a prediction. I feel that there will be more initial public offerings of vegan companies. And this is going to be the ultimate game changer because sadly, in our society, money talks. I had people who used to laugh in my face and ridicule me. And the second that Beyond Meat came out and was a very, very, very successful initial public offering and it started making money, people would come up to me, hey, that Beyond Meat, huh? Mm, ah, they a totally different attitude toward me. It's like a new respect, like I had anything to do with Beyond Meat. Uh, <laughs> um, but so I think these IPOs are gonna be absolutely extraordinary. We're going to jump and grab a caller. I know we've got two more people to get two more of our incredible leaders to get to, but let's get these callers as they come in. Scott from North Carolina, your question or thought or prediction for 2021, Scott. Thanks, Jane. Jane, great to talk to you again. And you too, Gwenna. <laughs> so uh, as you know, both of you have known me for a little while. And uh, one of the favorite sayings that I often repeat is language is powerful and word choice matters. So my question would be simply, how 
can we harness the power? Because we know that in the political arena, a lot of uh, politicians use language and word choice to make movements happen. So how do we harness the power of language and word choice to do two things? To number one, to equate animal agriculture with obsolete things such as horse-drawn carriages and rotary phones. That's my first question. And the second question is how do we use language and word choice to hang this COVID plague and other miseries to hang this around the necks of animal agriculture like an albatross? Whoa, good, provocative questions here on Voice America Radio. You know, Adit, I'm going to throw it to you because as the uh, head of New York class, you are constantly trying to make the local media in New York and around the world connect the dots between the fact that there's 80 wet markets, 80 retail slaughter markets in New York City, and you protest and they don't cover the protest. They refuse. They've got their blinders on. Right. So in spite of much mainstream press not covering this, we still have managed to get some actually international coverage by going into these neighborhoods where these wet markets operate, by showing the horrific conditions, the animal abuse, the blood, guts and feces all over the floor and the sidewalks. Um, We've gotten coverage about that, generated some outrage. And uh, one of our most pro-animal rights legislators um, in the state, Linda Rosenthal, has introduced legislation. She introduced it this year, sort of at the beginning of the pandemic, that would shut down the over 70 live animal slaughter markets that have operated throughout the entire pandemic with little to no oversight, um, spreading, you know, breeding grounds for infectious diseases in future pandemics. So... You know, we've gotten some exposure to the fact that these wet markets, these live animal slaughter markets are a huge public health risk. And in 2021, my prediction, our goal is that we can pass this pending legislation to shut down these over 70 markets that are all located in lower income areas of the five boroughs that pose serious health hazards, quality of life problems for the people that live there, that if we can shut these places down in New York City, the entire world will pay attention. It will make it easier for other places like Chicago and Los Angeles to shut down the live markets that operate there. And we can utilize this to help um, bring more attention to the fact that animal agriculture, whether it's in a huge factory farm or a live slaughter market wedged in between apartment buildings in Queens. These all are serious threats to the future of life on earth. And we have to shift and evolve into a better way of food production that does not threaten life on earth. Uh, Ellen Dent, you are on the front lines with Animal Alliance Network, which you co-founded. You are still doing vigils with social distancing, wearing masks, at slaughterhouses during the pandemic. And uh, it's tremendous courage. I always urge you to stay very safe. Um, what What is your prediction for 2021? Because you are right there on the front lines, literally looking at the slaughter process week in and week out, Ellen. Uh, yeah, uh, Jane, we actually uh, postponed our vigils this past month uh, because of the surge in COVID-19. Um, exactly, we wanted to keep everybody safe. So uh, we postponed them until those numbers go down. And, uh, you know, it's really bad out there for people who, you know, don't take this seriously. Uh, I have a friend that works in a hospital and she sent me a message from a registered nurse that she works with there that their hospital is 65% full of COVID-19 patients right now. And that's the most that it's been this entire pandemic. And it's because of people getting together for the holidays. And so uh, we decided, uh, you know, to make that sacrifice in our activism in order to keep the community safe, um, you know, because it's unnecessary for us to bring them out there and and have them be exposed to um, the possibility of getting COVID-19 from a COVID-19 hotspot. Like there's over 384 cases of COVID-19 at that slaughterhouse where we bear witness. So we, um, you know, we've actually postponed them for now. Uh, but um, as far as predictions, I, I think that 2021 um, will actually be the year of the vegan. I think people are going to make that connection uh, between uh, what we're going through now and uh, hurting animals. Like, this is how we got into this mess. 
And the only way that we are going to get out of it is by leaving animals alone. And I think that, um, you know, like Adida said, we could do this here. So we can't just all point the fingers at China. Like we could literally uh, make the next pandemic here in our live markets, in our wet markets, in our factory farms, in our slaughterhouses. They are all here in the United States and people need to make that connection. So if we stop exploiting animals and we do species distancing, like Dr. Rao has said, um, we actually have a chance of getting out of this and preventing the next pandemic from happening. Um, we've got another caller. We're going to go to him right now. Michael from Los Angeles, your question, thought or prediction for 2021. Hey, good morning, everyone. Thank you, Jane. Great show. Great panel. Um, yeah, you know, um, if someone were to ask me in 2019 how 2020 would have turned out, there is no way I could have predicted this past year. But in saying that, I'm going to say that I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say that 2021 will be a tipping point as far as uh, public consciousness, as far as like what the animal agriculture business is doing to our planet. And I think because of COVID, I think that that will... Uh, that will escalate the process and maybe even sooner than 2026, as far as Dr. Rao's prediction, I think that next year will be a really big year as far as gains made in the animal rights community and for animals. At least I'm hopeful. From your mouth to God's ear, Michael. And by the way, you are one of the most incredible activists here in Los Angeles or anywhere in the world. You are always there uh, when anybody calls for help. Uh, in fact, you've been very helpful with uh, our attempts to save the Bayona wetlands, which they want to bulldoze, LA's last coastal wetlands that so-called environmentalists yeah. are proposing to bulldoze. And uh, that is just an example of how toxic our culture has become vis-a-vis uh, -vis animals. 1,700 species live there. So one of my predictions for 2021 is that we're not going to let that happen. And we are, we are fighting tooth and nail to protect those animals. Um, I want to um, make a bold prediction. First of all, let's do some round robin. Uh, quick predictions of what's going to happen. So I want to start with Donnie. Quick prediction, 2021 veganism. What do you see? I think there's going to be a lot more public discourse around lab-grown meat. Uh, we've, we, we now see it on a menu in Singapore for the first time. And I think that that's going to be a big, uh, big topic in 2021. I couldn't agree with you more. And I have to say this um, because, you know, lab grown meat is controversial within the vegan community because uh, there is some use of animals. But honestly, I've been watching a lot of documentaries while I'm self-isolating. I watched the incredible Ken Burns documentary about the Civil War, which is gut-wrenching. Uh, I've watched documentaries about World War I, which is gut-wrenching. I've watched documentaries about World War II, which is gut-wrenching. And, you know, the one thing I came away with, and maybe I'll throw this to Dr. Rao, is that unfortunately, humans are stubborn creatures, and they cling to their obviously, blatantly immoral and ethically bankrupt behaviors for a long time, right till the bitter end in many cases. I mean, that's the commonality of all the horrors that I saw, whether it was World War I, World War II, uh, the Civil War, the groups that were on the wrong side of history uh, were fiercely stubborn right until the very end. And, and as I watched that, I came away with this and it just sort of coincided with a couple of things that people said to me randomly, like um, one of my dear friends said, you know, uh, my girlfriend said she will never, ever, ever go vegan. And uh, it was like four or five random things in a row that happened where I, I started to really experience the stubbornness of the human race in the face of blatant um, evil. Let's just call it. So um, that made me realize, wow, my, maybe I'm naive and thinking everybody's just going to evolve and go vegan. Maybe those people, those the most stubborn percentage of our population, which could be a very large segment, needs to be given lab meat. Uh, that was the first time that I really 
thought about that. Dr. Rao, what are your thoughts and predictions in that regard? Well, it's raising awareness first. So awareness, and then we need to get people to acknowledge. This is just like any uh, getting over any addiction, you know. Raising awareness, acknowledge, and then we have to make amends, make amends to the animals. And so I see uh, the an exponential growth in raising awareness in 2021. And I see the, and I, re, I really see the indigenous communities will be the fastest growing segment of vegans in 2021. You know, it was the African-American community in 2020, but I think it's going to be the indigenous community in 2021. And you're right. You know, it is a, you know for those people who say, I, I can never give it up, they need to have this option available so that they can say, well, you don't have that excuse anymore. And then, of course, eventually we will want to forget that we ever ate those animals. You know, I mean, eventually people get off even um, fake uh, yeah. animal foods. You know, they give that up because you don't want to remember that that's what we used to do. You are so right. I've been just, uh, thanks, inspired by Donnie Moss. I've been, I gave up sugar a year ago and uh, one day at a time. Now, if you ever see me eating a cupcake somewhere, it's not like alcohol. Like when I gave up alcohol 25 years ago, one day at a time, uh, you know, one drop is too much, a thousand isn't enough, but cupcakes don't make you drive the wrong way down the 405 freeway at 150 miles an hour. So you might see me one day eating a slice of chocolate cake. I, I, you know, deprivation creates cravings. I'm just saying I've stepped away from it and I'm eating more whole foods, even though I used to just eat, I was a junk food vegan. So you're absolutely right, Dr. Rao, I'm evolving. Thanks to you also, Dr. Rao, because you said, go to your room, think about what you've done. Uh, come out more evolved or you're finished. Now you were talking about the whole human race, but I took it personally. Um, <laughs> let's go to Emic Echo from Los Angeles, another amazing activist calling in. Emic. Hi, everyone. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Awesome. So nice being with you online. And in person, it was always magic anyway. So thank you for keeping the message so clear and simple. Cause, because I'm more connected with the fact that we are all animals. It makes things so much easier for me right now. Because when I look at a cat and bunny, all I see is them calm, connected, and understanding their environment. So I think by getting disconnected with our daily habits, during this year, we all learned to focus on simple things in life. Even just seeing someone smile is a big deal now because we can't. It's hidden behind the mask. And we as activists and these informed people are telling ourselves that we can't just hide behind masks like little scared humans. We have to evolve. The way to drop the masks is to let other animals live on this planet in peace and in harmony. And we need to reflect in our cultures as well. And we're addressing our governments, corporations, inviting everyone who's into animal exploitation business to come and join us into saving animals and the planet together with us because we still love everyone. <laughs> We all make mistakes. These companies are making mistakes with the government. Thinking being bullies to little animals is business. It's not. And it's time we wake up and thank you so much for keeping things simple and achievable and shareable with everyone. Well, Emic, you are That's such a beautiful person. I wish I had your calm and your serenity and your peace. You're always coming from a place of love. You know, some of us are still struggling with that because, you know, the, us hotheads, we get upset with people like, why don't you wake up already? Uh, <laughs> now, we're going to take a brief break on. Thank you for all you do, Emic. We're going to take a brief break on Voice America Radio. We're going to stay live on Facebook. So, wow, what an interesting first segment. Want to get some more?
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guaranteed, it will be the best hour of your week. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email in to janeunchainednews at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. We are with vegan leaders coast to coast making predictions about 2021. Um, we've gotten a lot of callers because this is an interesting topic, but I have to go back to what Donnie Moss said. Donnie Moss said, the New York Times, the paper of record, literally the, all the news it's foot to print, the, the, the paper that all the people in power around the globe read every day, said to David Attenborough, Sir David Attenborough, who has done a documentary showing the horrors of factory farming, why are people not focusing more? Why are we not focusing more on... Uh, the, our, our mistreatment of animals and how it's, it's really the, the underlying reason why we're in this horrific pan, global pandemic. Hello, New York Times, look in the mirror. Why aren't you talking about it? Adita, take it away. Yeah, I think in the New York Times, we even did a show on this last month. Um, you know, they had a talk, you know, a, a live panel talk on the topic of food ethics. And, you know, we, uh, there were people that we joined to bring up the issue that they're not talking about this. You know, they do stories about the devastation of these um, pristine wetland areas because of cattle ranching, you know, they, and they're not making the connection though. So they give only part of the story without making that connection and really helping. They have such power to help educate people to change their dietary choices, to help save the world. And they're really asleep at the wheel doing that. And I think there's a lot of reasons why, because of advertisers and, you know, many of the journalists themselves or editors perhaps are part of the problem because they are eating animal products. So there's a lot of reasons, but I think um, I personally, in my own life and activism, always try to use the wisdom of Gandhi when he said, we must create the change we want to see in the world. And one of the things I'm most proud of for my activism this past year was that, you know, many people who live in cities know that around the holidays, especially Thanksgiving, elected officials will give out turkeys. And, um, you know, even vegetarian elected officials in New York City were handing out turkeys. And a lot of the activists were very upset, like why, you know, they're giving out turkeys. What about vegetarian options? So, you know, I joined forces with some of my friends at PETA and we created the first ever vegan roast giveaways for right before Thanksgiving and right before Christmas with a vegetarian councilman, uh, Justin Brannon in Brooklyn. And it was such a big success he had such a great positive feedback from members of the community in Brooklyn, so happy that plant-based options were being given out instead of just meat, but this is going to be an annual tradition, and we want to expand this throughout New York City. I think it's important to have, especially elected officials, people in power, 
showing that there's these other options out there. You don't just have to keep giving out turkey and hams. You know, there's plant-based options. There's tofurkey holiday hams and field roasts. And it was a huge hit. We ran out for both of these very quickly. People were lining up around the block. It just shows people want to try these options, especially right now with hungry, needy people. They were so happy to have these sort of healthier, more compassionate options. And we know that we can feed the entire world if we just eliminated animal yeah. agriculture that eats yeah. at least 36%. Some say it's far higher than that percentage of all food produced and produces very little food in return. Listen, we're getting so many callers here, so I want to try to get in some quick calls. Uh, let's get a quick question in from Susan from San Dimas. Very little food in return. Hi. So many um, thank you, Jane Unlim- Unchained. Thank you, Dr. Rao. Thank you, Adita, Donald, Gwenna, and Ellen for your leadership. My question is uh, not as much a question as an offer that um, I raised my children unschooled, and they are self-reliant, self-actualized adults. We are vegan. We are those hippy-dippy California people who are now relevant because... um, the old lady that's weird and witchy down the street happens to be the one that knows what's going on. And I want to engage everyone to be who you are personally, every single day in your life, own your life choices and loudly voice them and stop worrying about how you look or your status because it's urgent now. We just have to be who we are. It's the great geek uprising. I love it. Thank you, Susan. And I agree as uh, I have it on my refrigerator. Be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. Oscar Wilde. Let's go to BJ from Texas. BJ, quick question. Hello. Thank you so much for this panel. And thank you, Jane. Uh, my, My comment and my question is, well, my comment is I'm really hopeful that more slaughterhouses will be closed during 2021. I really think when, when people get out there, the activists start getting in front of the slaughterhouses. With all the information that people have seen online now, I feel like there's going to be a, a real surge toward that end. And I'm wondering what your panelists think about that. Let's go to Ellen Dent on that. You're, you're the one with Animal Alliance Network who really focuses on that. We all do, but you particularly. Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree with BJ, and, and I hope that that prediction is right. Uh, these places do need to be shut down. Um, uh, thousands of slaughterhouse workers have, have died from getting COVID-19 in these places. So, I mean, they're, they're filthy, uh, terrible places to work. Um, they're terrible for the animals. They're terrible for, you know, the human animals. They're terrible for the planet. And, uh, you know, they're outdated. They're archaic. And you know, like uh, Dr. Rao said, uh, we're going to look back on this like, why did we eat meat? We're going to look like a bunch of cave people, you know, with these, you know, slaughterhouses. We're going to look ridiculous. So it is absolutely 100% time for them to be shut down. Uh, I agree. Uh, now, we've seen a lot of things that don't give us hope. Let's be real. Back to planet Earth. You know, they just named Tom Vilsack the uh, USDA. They nominated him to be the head of the USDA, Department of Agriculture. He's big meat. I mean, he is big meat personified, which is very depressing for me. By the way, on a brighter note, and uh, Gwenna was part of this, we did a panel of women of color from around the world, women leaders, calling on Kamala Harris to go plant-based. Can you elaborate a little bit uh, Gwenna, on what you're seeing in the movement for 2021? Yeah, well, one of my predictions, too, to throw that in there is that we're going to see a lot more world leaders uh, go plant-based as a result. So I think we're definitely going to see that for sure. And, um, you know, with Hopefully Kamala is 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 next. Um, you know, I listened to a few of her interviews last year, and she's already done it before. She's tried it. She was doing it right before her uh, campaign uh, trail, where she was going vegan before four o'clock every day, and she said she was feeling good. So, if we can get her to go vegan, it's a wrap. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. All right, we got so many callers here. I, I didn't expect this. Simone from Los Angeles, your question or thoughts, Simone? Hi, I love this show because it's positive and we're dealing with so much in our lives right now that aren't positive. This is great. This is a fantastic show. Um, I agree. I think that our focus should be a lot on um, public figures, showing them why they need to go vegan, expressing to them how that's the way to save the planet, to have us all be more healthy, etc. And I think that that's my prediction for the future is that we're going to see a lot more public officials becoming vegan, trying veganism out, and then the public sort of warming up to the idea more than they ever have based on the pandemic, based on the fact that while nothing is going to stop somebody who's got a viral load of COVID-19 from getting infected, that once they do, if they have an immune system that is strong and aren't, you know, encumbered by diabetes and heart disease and obesity and all these things that we know puts us at a higher risk if we're eating animal products, that the people will get on board with that. Like, even if I get it, let me be as strong as I can physically to try to handle it as well as I can. Let's get my body armed for these viruses that will continue to come if we continue to eat meat and, and dairy. So that's my prediction. I think we're going to see a lot more uh, public officials becoming vegan, trying veganism out. And then I think that we're just going to spread our numbers, you know, incredibly for 2021. Again, from your mouth to God's ear, thank you, Simone. Another amazing activist, Simone Reyes. By the way, just before we jumped on this, I got I looked at my email and very good butcher said sales have written, risen 583%. That's plant-based meat. Wow. So that's a, a plant-based meat alternative. We we've seen so many like Mrs. Goldfarb's vegan pastrami that Mark Cuban invested in and he's gone vegetarian. Uh, I don't know if he's gone vegan, but he's gone vegetarian. Uh, Dr. Rao, how do you stay positive? Because honestly, my life changed when I was in Texas and Dr. Rao was speaking and he stood up in this big field and he said, we're going to create a vegan world by 2026. And my head exploded because I'd never heard anybody articulate our mission. If you can't even imagine something, how the heck are you going to achieve it? And then he said, look, I'm an engineer and I'm a systems analyst. And what we do is we take this as a challenge. We break it down. So recently I've been hearing a lot and studying, not studying, but reading a lot about electric vehicles. They're on the verge of a massive explosion. Um, we're going to have autonomous vehicles within a decade. We're going to have. But remember, in 1990, they had electric vehicles and they killed the electric car. There's a great documentary because of that resistance, that stubborn resistance that I was talking about that I noticed in all social justice movements or, you know, uh, they say, of course, I think it was Martin Luther King who said the arc of history is long, but it bends toward justice. But there's that point of resistance. We always talk about the tipping point. But we don't talk about that resistance point. Like you could really pinpoint it in the electric vehicle space that the resistance point was in the early 90s when we could all be driving electric cars now. We could have eliminated the gas industry. We wouldn't have needed a war over oil. We wouldn't have the, the uh, uh, some of the climate change repercussions. They wouldn't be trying to destroy the Biona wetlands so they could uh, upgrade the uh, gas storage facility underneath it. And yet there was this horrible resistance Ultimately, the head of that company that destroyed the electric car said it was the worst decision of his life. Dr. Rao, do you think we're in the resistance point of going vegan or are we in the Tesla point where veganism is the, the Tesla? We are in the Tesla point because, you know, to me, we are we have seen so much resistance all along. And now we have reached a point where either you do it or you're gone. So people are beginning to see this, you know? It, I mean, like, you know, I had a situation happen to me in my house when our house got burnt down by a car. And I called up the engineer and I said, what the heck happened to me? And he explained to me how the car catches fire. And he told me that you are the eighth car that caught fire and headquarters is waiting for 10 to catch fire before they issue a recall. So there was an internal, you know, discussion as to when are we going to give up, right? And so they were waiting for 10 cars to catch fire. So it is, this to me is similar to that. 
you know, when in 1990, people said, oh, only five cars are caught fire. So it's okay, continue, right? So we are now reaching the ninth car catching fire, another 10th car, and then you have to issue a recall. Literally, we have to change the way we do things. Otherwise, we are not going to be around. We are going to be the ex-homo sapiens. So we know that. People are beginning to see that. And so it is, uh, it is the gathering of momentum on the other side is happening. You know, it's becoming more of a snowball. And uh, Eric Adams, I predict, will win oh. in New York City. He's going to be the mayor of New York City. Because how oh, can you not vote for the man? Eric Adams it's is possible not to vote for him. Yeah. So um, I think this is a gathering of momentum. It is going to just snowball. And because that's the only way out, the only way that we can get off this, this ledge that we are on, you know, that we are looking over the, people are looking over the ledge and saying, okay, how many bones are, are going to break when you fall? I'm not interested in that analysis. I'm interested in figuring out how to get off the ledge. And, and get to safety. Okay, and I love that, and I want you to be right. Uh, I'm going to talk to Donnie Moss now because you are there in the trenches and you see the resistance. You see the New York Times just yesterday I was reading did a story about food trends, and yes, they said people are going to eat vegetables, like that's some kind of discovery, but then they had all these other toxic food trends. The food trend, the big food trend, is veganism. And the word vegan did not appear in that story that I could see. Uh, uh, Jane, I don't know that veganism is a trend. I see, ve- I see the, the transition to plant-based foods as a seismic shift. You know, I think that we're going to see more and more companies cashing in on the growing plant-based market. So maybe it wasn't included in the story because it's, it's not a trend. There's, there's truly a shift. I also want to follow up on what Dr. Rao said about sort of uh, Tesla, you know, meat companies, meat companies are now investing in plant-based meats. So the biggest hurdle that we faced is already sort of coming over sort of slowly to our side because they see a financial benefit. Um, I also wanted to say one thing because I have many other um, uh, predictions for 2020. So I want to get one more in just in case it's my last chance. No. And that is, I, think, I think we're going to see a return to the climate movement when it's safe to gather again. I think we were talking about public figures. Simone, the caller, uh, talked about the importance of, of uh, public figures. Greta Thunberg was probably one of the most well-known people on the whole planet. She is vegan. She talks about veganism and, or not eating animals in her in the documentary film, I Am Greta. So I think that when the dust settles from COVID, there's going to be a reemergence of the climate movement and another opportunity for many more people to be talking about the importance of transitioning to plant-based diet. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but once again, from your mouth to God's ear, that's my theme for today. Because, you know, I think we all, some of us here who personally experienced Greta's visit <laughs> to Los Angeles, were, we were flummoxed that she didn't say a word about her veganism. But it was in the movie, Jane. It was, she, she mentioned it twice in her documentary that she doesn't eat uh, meat or dairy. Oh, well, that's fabulous. I love it. And, and you know, again, I want to see that. I want to see the environmentalists embrace veganism. I want to see the humanitarians who are fighting world hunger. I mean, a woman who shall name, remain unnamed, who runs an anti-hunger organization, rolled her eyes at me and basically just kind of brushed me off when I said, you know, animal agriculture is the reason we have world hunger. And she sort of went, you know, like, oh, you crazy vegan. But it's true. It, it's not even higher math. It's very simple. We're 7.8 billion humans. We are producing, um, I forget, I block it out of my mind, how many hundreds of billions of animals that we kill every year, uh, 70 billion who eat far more than they produce as food. 70% of all soy, if not more, goes to farm animals. I mean, you know, you could have dropped out at logarithms and still know that that's obvious. And yet these people don't admit it. Um, Gwenna Hunter, um, there is a pandemic 
a swine flu pandemic in China. There is a, a bird flu pan, uh, excuse me, there is a swine flu outbreak in China that jumped from the pigs to humans. There is a bird flu pandemic in England. It's not talked about a lot in the media. What do you see as you sort of try to get people to see that I think some of the most powerful work you're doing is waking people up to when they eat meat and dairy and particularly fast food, they are funding their own oppression. Yes, they are. And that is definitely an area um, that I've been focusing on. And that's an area you kind of help wake me up in as well. Um, because it's so easy to be caught up in your vegan bubble and vegan world and focus on kind of what's going on within within that area. But when you and I had spoken, I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, these, and I tell, you know, my family at BLM when we are out doing events, we just did one last Tuesday in Lamert Park where we provided um, boxes of imperfect produce for 100 uh, families in the community uh, last Tuesday. And one of the discussions I had with the volunteers was that, you know, how many of these fast food companies are giving back? How many of them are allowing you to go in and have free food or providing food for you during the holidays? None, because that's not what they do. They come into these neighborhoods, they post up, and they, they make these foods really, really cheap. Um, they're low quality, not that there's a such thing as high quality meats. In my opinion, they're all low quality, but they really give them the lowest grade possible, uh, put all types of horrible seasoning on it, raise their blood pressures. Then in these same neighborhoods, there are dialysis centers, uh, liquor stores. You try to go into a grocery store in these communities, you're hard pressed to find anything organic. Um, and... And so just having these type of conversations causes people to think. There's one thing that I've learned. Oh, we lost you for a second. And I wanted to know what you learned, but uh, that what you said was extraordinary. Um, let me show you this. Okay, one of our contributors uh, produces soy curls. And uh, I ordered some. I made them last night in the air fryer. They are delicious. They are literally just dried soy. They taste crunchy. They could kind of taste like um, maybe an onion ring or chewy. They're fabulous. And you can make, we could solve world hunger with this. Okay, we could get soy curls and distribute it to people who are hungry right now. I have a friend who is a vegan, who is a senior citizen, and she can't get any hunger senior group to deliver vegan food to her. They keep delivering pastrami and she keeps and things like that. And she keeps saying, I can't eat any of this. And she gives it to her neighbors. Finally, we got um, Kim Delgado King, who's a local vegan activist and a Jane Unchained uh, uh, contributor to bring her vegan food. She was starving. Uh, Dr. Rao, I know this is your your specialty uh, area of focus. What can you summarize? What we need to do in 2021 vis-a-vis -vis feeding hungry people? Yeah, we have to make sure that healthy, immune-boosting vegan food is easily available to everyone, everyone in the world, and that to me is the quickest way to topple the old system and build a new one, build a new one around health as opposed to disease because the old system is built around disease and making money off diseases. And um, so we need to build a new system that's based on health and making sure that the whole planet is healthy. You know, and so we are not here to use the animals. The animals are not here for us. It's, it's we are here to serve the animals. We need to bring them back up from where they were uh, because we have killed so many of them and we need to undo that damage. So we're only a couple of minutes away. Let's get everybody like 30 seconds. Are you hopeful, Dr. Rao? Oh, I am absolutely hopeful. You know, I'm, uh, I'm full of optimism and, and, and energy because I see the transformation happening around me. So thank you for this. Wow. Uh, Adida, hopeful 
Finally. Yeah, I'm very hopeful. I think we are, and as Donnie said, in a seismic shift. And I'm also hopeful not just that 2021 is the year of the vegan, but that it will be the year of animal rights even more so. Around the world, animals being used as entertainment is really on its way out. We're banning horse carriages all across the world. New York City is next. 2021 will be the year we get these horses off the streets. We, that we end so many forms of animal exploitation that we pass even more animal rights legislation into law, hopefully that we shut down wet markets in New York and beyond. So I'm very, very hopeful that um, we are going to make amazing changes. Woo, I love it. Ellen Dent. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely hopeful as well. As much as this pandemic has changed our lives uh, completely, we have a bigger adversary and that is climate change. And, uh, you know, just to reflect back on what Donnie Ma said, uh, we are actually working on a youth climate save movement, um, which is our vegan youth that are rising up um, under the leadership of Genesis Butler, who's an amazing uh, vegan youth. So I really uh, think that our youths are, are going to be the key to saving our lives on this planet. And I'm, I'm hopeful about that. So please follow Youth Climate Save, uh, 70 chapters around the world uh, during the pandemic. Thank you. Whoa, amazing. And uh, a new mom as well, Ellen Dan with yeah. her beautiful baby. Gwyneth, final thoughts, final predictions. Uh, again, final predictions is that, like I said, we're going to have more world leaders, more people that are leaders, um, people that actually uh, can make impact are going to go vegan. And I really believe by the end of this year, BLM Los Angeles will be vegan. <laughs> Oh, wow, that would be huge. Be huge. End of 2021. <laughs> 2021, I love it. See, you state a goal. How can you achieve a goal until you, you state it? That's what, that's what I really took away the first time I heard Dr. Rao. He gave me hope. He's like, okay, he's saying we're going to have a vegan world by 2026. Donnie Moss. I'm hopeful for a real tipping point, like the one they had in Israel, where, where Tal Gilboa, the reality TV star, and Gary Orofsky, the activist, their speeches went viral, and that country went vegan. I mean, not the whole country, but more so than any place else. So I'm hopeful that there's going to be something that happens here uh, and, and in other countries around the world. Real tipping points. All right. Well, we've got to end on Voice America Radio. Thank you to... Um the uh, incredible staff at Voice America, hasta la vista. Um, thank you. Uh thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.